Thank you for listening to this podcast of the teaching of Walford Kaufman. This series is on the book of Revelation. Please get your Bibles out as this episode gives us an introduction of this wonderful book. Well, let's turn there to Revelation, the 12th chapter. Let's hit the ground running. This is one of those things that uh, uh, the fixing to get ready is over with. It's time to get to war. And that's what's happening here. This is the war, though, that's already won. It's victorious uh, for the Lord. But we're going to look now here in Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. And we're going to look first at the character, the characters of the war. The main characters of the war. We, we got armies, we got other battles and the angels and all this, but there's three main characters of the war. And we see first is the woman. There in Revelation 12, verse 1 and 2. And a great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. So it's kind of hard to start off this war. And look at this. It says here, and a great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. So it kind of tells us, hey, those that see it, if you know the Lord, it's not to be feared. It's not to be time to be scared. This is going to be a great time. And so we see the first, the woman. And there it says, a great and wondrous sign. This is the first of seven signs in the last half of the book of Revelation. Isn't that something? Seven, seven, seven. That pops up a whole lot, don't it? So perfect signs, perfect revelation. But this is the first sign. And she is the second of four symbolic women identified in Revelation. There's four symbolic. Now I need to back up a minute. Actually, there's three symbolic women. Really not women, but situations. And one is actually a woman, but she's representing somebody else. So, But it's still uh, four symbolic women. The first one we saw there in chapter 2, verse 2. Jezebel. Good old Jezebel. Paganism. And that's what's going to happen at the end of time, folks. That's what's going to happen in the end of time is that the church has been raptured up. And so any any symbolism of goodness and, and love and compassion. And think of this world today. You take the church out. Now, the church is not perfect. We've got our problems. But if you actually took the church out today, what would happen to this world? Look how many hospitals. Hmm? Hospitals that got started because of Christian. You say, well, man, that bill I paid, they ain't no Christian. <laughs> uh, that's another story. But anyway, or, or look at uh, nursing homes. Look at retirement homes. Look at uh, children's homes. Look at uh, uh, clothing ministries and food ministries and, and uh, uh, crusade. I mean, just take all that out and what's left of the church. I mean, of the world. The church is gone. And so... Here we got paganism. And then we got this woman. And she is a symbolic mother. That's why we see about her, she is pregnant. She is with child. And then we got in chapter 17, a harlot. And that's the apostate church. That's the church that the Antichrist will, quote, put together. Put a name church on it. But it's not the real church. And then we got the bride of the Lamb. Chapter 19, that's the true church. 
Now, some people are trying to say this woman is the church. No, this woman represents Israel, not the church. Not the church. And you see some scripture references to that. But look how she's clothed. And ladies, that's, this, this is a nice way to dress it. She's clothed with the sun. She's clothed with the sun. And that means it reflects Israel's glory. I mean, folks, that's why today I don't mess with Israel. I want our government not to mess with Israel. Now, Israel is not perfect. It's got, it's got imperfect leaders today. But it is still a, it is a place. It's also a people chosen by God. I don't know why. It ain't nothing but an old desert. It ain't as big as South Carolina. I mean, what is, what is I'm, I'm trying to remember. Israel about what? About one third the size of South Carolina. It's small. You can drive all over that place in one day. Very fast, but you can do it. And so there it is. It's special. And then with the moon under her feet. This is the concept of God's covenant relationship with Israel. And I, I didn't realize this, but the, the moon is a part of the cycle of Israel's required times of worship. Praying different times of day. That's what the Old Testament concept there. So there, that covenant relationship. And then, uh, it doesn't take much to figure this one out, a crown of 12 stars on her head. That refers to the 12 tribes of Israel. The sun, the moon, the 12 stars. Israel, Israel, Israel. And there it is. And then, I know some of you don't like to use the word pregnant. I almost got kicked out of a church. Uh, I used to, I'd only been there a few weeks. I used two words. I used pregnant and I used the word diaper in a Wednesday night prayer meeting. And the older folks almost had my head. So I apologize if I offended anyone. But moving on. Uh, and so she was pregnant. That's a familiar imagery for Israel. You see that. Look at the scripture there references to that. And then she cried out with pain. I remember Catherine walking along with uh, carrying Emily. And she'd be walking along and all of a sudden she'd I, and she's bow legged as could be. I didn't know what in the world was going on. Her hip had gone out and all that stuff. I don't know why she had all that trouble until Rachel was born. <laughs> Rachel weighed 10 pounds, 4 ounces. And Catherine's a little thing. 10 pounds, 4 ounces. And so I had a butterball turkey come out. Anyway, uh, but she cried out in pain. Why? Two reasons. Waiting for the Messiah to come forth. Can you imagine having the Messiah and so how important this this imagery, we know that. But yes, waiting, waiting, crying out for, for the Lord to come. But then also the persecution by Satan. Now please, let's remember something. We know who wins. We know there's victory in Jesus. Even the, uh, those who are left behind that come to know Jesus and all this, they're not, in a, they're not in a bubble wrap. They're not in a bubble wrap. They're still going to pay price. Still going to be persecution and pain, and so that's why even as we think about this imagery, there's persecution by Satan crying out in pain. But then look at the dragon, the dragon, verse three and four, and then another sign appeared in heaven: an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head, 
on his heads. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. And the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. Wow. Well, we know this. Not actually a dragon, but a fallen angel. Only in Revelation is Satan referred as a dragon. Only in Revelation. But let's look at these colors here. And so we see here that this this enormous red dragon. Well, there's some there's some special reasons for that. Uh, red is a color of fiery destruction and blood. And this dragon will cause destruction and blood to be shed. And then the seven heads. Well, this is what the writers think. Seven consecutive world empires under Satan's dominion. Seven consecutive world empires. Just click, 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 click. Now, which one of y'all, you'll get a free Pepsi on me if you can name all seven. Liam's got them. You know them all, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you only know four of them, right? So, okay. Okay, here's what they believe. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and then the kingdom to be set up by the Antichrist. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, that's M-E-D-O-Persia, Greece, Rome, and Antichrist's future empire. That's what they believe. I want you to think about it. Do we ever have any trouble from Rome? See, now a lot of you are thinking about just the government, but what else is in Rome? The The Pope, the Catholic. Bing, bing, bing. You told her what to say. You did a good job. Okay. <laughs> oh, you grew up. So you okay? So you know you know it. Tell you some of the best Baptists I've ever known has been converted Catholics. <laughs> Got to baptize five of them in another church. Oh, so we think of this. These things have happened. Seven, seven consecutive world empires. Now it says about the ten horns. These are the kings who will rule under the Antichrist. There's going to be uh, ten... I mean, basically, they all come together as one power. But there will be ten separate kings to rule the different areas. And But then, it's kind of strange. It's talking about seven heads and ten horses, and then goes back to seven crowns. Well, the seven crowns emphasis, uh, emphasis on Satan's earthly power. Now, we've got to be reminded of this. God's still in control. God's always been in control. But He lets, he lets Satan have rule over this earth, right? Or maybe free hand. And so that's what's going on. And so all this is happening. God could stop at any time. But He's allowed this to happen. And so there we see all this coming about. This uh, the Boy, Satan has got a great, great thing going for him. All that he has here. He knows one day it's going to stop. 
He knows he can't do anything in heaven. He tries later. We'll talk about that. But there he sees all this going on. But then, look there. It said his tail. uh, His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. And the dragon stood. Oh, man, we'll get to that. But anyway, we see all this tail swept a third of the stars out of heaven. This is a reference to his first fall. Remember when Satan, Lucifer, fell from heaven? He took a third of the angels with him. Okay, anybody know how many angels Satan got? How many angels God's got? Got two thirds. Okay, and that's where some. And I did. I had it written down somewhere, but I must have left that on another piece of paper. But it's talking about how th- that same thing. They took a formula and figured out there was like two hundred million uh, that's here, and that means there's four hundred million. <laughs> but you're right, two third, the one third and two third deal. So going with that. But then look at that. Devour her child. That's to stop the work of the Messiah. The the, I'll go ahead and say it. The Jewish Messiah. See, he could not stop the people of God. How many times has Satan tried to stop the people of God? And then the one thing that I'm thinking about is Moses gets to that little creek. I've had I've I've had folks that actually talking about there's a little creek they just crossed over. That wasn't no creek, was it? Hmm? That was a big old I call it ocean. It was big enough for them. They couldn't see the other side. And what did, and see, Satan then thought he stopped the people of God. See, he thought he stopped them when they were in Egypt, in slavery. Satan thought he had that taken care of. And then he thought he had them stopped there by the sea. And how many other times? Oh, uh, that's why these folks that tell these stuff don't don't even listen to them. That's just laugh at those folks. But what about when Satan stood there on Good Friday, and Jesus took his last breath? Didn't Satan think he had stopped it? And that's what's going on here. He could not stop the work, uh, the, stop the people of God, and he could not stop the messianic line. It keeps on. It keeps on. I mean, look at all the stuff that happened. And so here he's thinking, I'm going to be right here. That baby comes out, it's gone. Symbolic, but it's not gone. We know who's the powerful one. And then the male child, the male child. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Yes, it is the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that. See, God is going to frustrate uh, Satan's attempt to destroy Israel by hiding His people. See, it talks about that. Jesus predicted this. Look over at Matthew 24. Matthew shares or Jesus in Matthew shares this very much so I had already marked it I thought here it is uh, Matthew 24 starting verse 15 so when you see so when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel let the reader understand 
Let Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it would be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress, unequal from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equal again. If... Those days had not been cut short. No one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. And there we see here, it talks about God's people being protected even in the end of time. See, this is after the rapture of the church. This is those who've come to know Jesus. That many will be able to be taken away and protected, fled into the desert. So now, let's look at the the war in heaven. Now, I, when I wrote that down, I started to back up and said, man, that doesn't make sense. The war in heaven. You don't have wars in heaven. But you do here. You do here. You see the battle. Verse 7. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. So there's the battle. Uh, but you know, let's, let's go ahead and look at this. There has been a war in heaven since the fall of Satan. Ever since he got kicked out. And why, why, why couldn't God... Why, should we question God? But I want you to think about it. Why couldn't God just put him in the abyss then and lock it up and never more? We've been like puppets then, right? Everything has been good. But Satan was sent to this earth. But there's been a war in heaven since the fall of Satan. And Satan and his evil angels have opposed God's people since Satan's fall. Man, do you feel that way? When does Satan attack you the most? We're weak. Well, I mean, the, the things that, but I tell you what, some of the greatest attacks I've felt has been after a time of revival. Spiritual renewal. God's blessing. I went, don't tell my family I said this. Y'all probably will. But through the, we look back, especially raising teenagers, when God was working the most in the church, my family's attacked the most at home. Y'all been there? Deacons, Sunday school teachers, leaders in the church, those that want to share Christ with others. Lord's working a wonderful way and blessing and all this stuff. And you get in the car to go home and it's an all-out fight. <laughs> or you get report cards. <laughs> or you find, you know, whatever the trouble may be. Satan and his evil angels have, boy, been attacking us all along. So you feel okay. If you are not been attacked lately... Y'all know the rest of the story, don't you? You're already on his side, so he don't have to attack you. But here's something else. Satan is stupid enough to start the battle. And this was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. That could not have happened unless Satan and his, his crew went to heaven. So Satan was stupid enough thinking he could go up there. 
now, I want you to realize what some people believe. You know why that battle got started? The rapture. Because uh, understanding, uh, you know, the infl- poor old earth here, and it seemed like just Satan just kind of kind of got a hold on us, right? There's the evil. There's the, you know, now I know with Jesus in our heart, but it just seemed like the evil that presses down on us. But the rapture comes. What happens to the rapture during the rapture? Hmm? All as Christians, we're doing what? We're messing up that whole sphere of influence that Satan's got. One guy said it's like this. Satan's just kind of cruising around the, over the earth and think, well, i got control over this and this and this. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, phew, what's that? Phew, there's another one. It's believers being called to heaven. And he got so mad, he followed them and started to fight with the Lord. Now, I know that sounds silly. But can you imagine what would cause somebody that's already been kicked out of heaven, already been denied power when Job, uh, you know, that little conversation with Job, why does he go to start this battle now? Why, if you've been whooped, y'all know what I'm talking about. You've been beaten, and you got the same amount, same power, same influence, same people following you. Why would you go back into the same place again? His knew his time was short. He knew his time was short. It was a last-ditch effort. So that's what's going on there. Uh, let me share this with you, though. If you want a nice extra Bible study, study the angel Michael. Study about it. says here, And the war in heaven, Michael and his angels fought against it. Uh, Michael had a connection with Satan. Y'all know that? It was not, wasn't a good relationship, but they knew each other. But also, Michael, guess what his job is to do? Protect believers. So that's a kind of an interesting side Bible study if you want to look at that. And then, and there was war in heaven. It's Satan's attempt to prevent Christ from establishing His millennial kingdom. And if you can't spell millennial, that's okay. Put earthly kingdom. Because I want you to realize this. Satan's smart enough to know... That if the, if the church, the raptured church, the believers in Christ have gone on to heaven, he also knows what's coming next too. Jesus is coming to take over the earth. Right. Bingo. At least slow it up. Do something because, see, he's got presence. I mean, he's, I mean, he, I, I don't, I want you to know earthly body. I hope not like that. Uh, even though we have said some things about folks look like Satan, but anyway, uh, this uh, this this power they has is going to be taken away from him. Yeah, inevitable. And so going on like that, but the victory, the victory. Look what happens here in verse nine. And the great dragon was hurled down. The ancient that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray, and he was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So there it is. Satan's second and permanent expulsion from heaven. Now he's visited. He's talked with God. But here we see he is second time permanent expulsion from heaven. And there's four not so good descriptions of the dragon. If you just want to look at that. 
it says it says that uh, the ancient serpent. You know what that means? He knew Eve. Y'all remember that little snake? Y'all remember that little snake in the garden? How many of you, if you got a chance, you'd love to stomp on that snake? That messed up what we know. If it wasn't for that, for that, for that Adam and Eve, we would have done that. We would have made that mistake. And then it says, uh, is called uh, the devil. That's a slanderer. That's a slanderer. And hadn't Satan done a lot of slandering? He even, I mean, that snake in the Garden of Eden with Eve. What did he say? Oh, God don't have that kind of power. He was a slander. And then it says there, or Satan. That means adversary. Adversary. Or if you want to write enemy, that means, it hadn't that been going on all along, no matter what God does, here comes Satan right along beside. Fighting or copying? Y'all know, y'all know what I'm talking about that? Copying. You look at things, what God is, what God has created in His perfectness, Satan has come by with his copycats. That says, oh, I'm good, but they're not good. Hmm? Kind of reminds me of old Barney when he bought that first car of his. Y'all remember that? It looked so pretty. It looked so nice. He was going to take all of them out. And they're driving down the road. Y'all remember that steer, that part inside that steering wheel just came up. Some of the young folks are saying, I don't know what they're talking about. But but what you see is Satan will give you things and you think it's supposed to be exactly what it's supposed to be, but it's not real. It's not right. And then, um, you know, back in Isaiah 14, verse 12, Satan is called the star of the morning. Lucifer, the star of the morning. He was a special angel. But he let that specialness take over his pride. And so here was one that once we call the star of the morning, dropping to being called serpent, uh, you know, devil, Satan, all this. I mean, just think what God has created, but then choose. It's kind of kind of reminds me of this. It's kind of like a handsome athlete wins the Olympic medal and now becomes a woman. Y'all knew I was going to get to that sometime tonight, didn't y'all? That my wife and I had a discussion. Isn't he going against the will of God? God created him as a man. And some of you ladies said, a mighty good looking man. And he ain't that good looking woman. I want to tell you that either. I want to. But here you think what we've done. God, you know, His angel. I mean, because who could create Lucifer? But He gave him a choice. And His pride. Oh, that falls. Okay, but then also, there's a fourth thing it says about Satan who leads the whole world astray. And isn't that it? That's the truth, isn't it? He's leading the whole world astray today. But then there's a celebration. Verses 10 through 12. And then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accused them before our God day and night has been hurled down. 
And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. So that loud voice uh, in heaven is most likely glorified saints. Glorified saints. And then it talks about salvation. Now you have, now have come to salvation. And what we hear is, is deliverance of all creation from the curse of sin. From the curse of sin. Oh, that could go in so many different directions. But just think what this world would be like when sin is finally taken away. No temptations, no trials, no slipping. <laughs> No backsliding, as we would say in the years past. That's, I mean, the, the sin's curse is gone. Then Satan's defeat and final ejection from heaven. I think I, can you imagine the angel that opened the door? Oh, it's you again? Not having to worry about opening that door anymore and seeing Satan. And so there's going. But how was Satan defeated? You might want to underline this because this is some pretty good things there in verse 11. How was Satan defeated? Very simple. By the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb. That's, what, that's how we can defeat Satan today. By the blood of the Lamb. Then look there, it also says, and by the word of their testimony. Their testimony of what God had done in their life, what Jesus had done in life, by the blood being saved. And um, um, let me say this. Have you ever heard the old saying, walk to walk and talk to talk? That's the testimony. Because there's a lot of folks who can jump up in church and say, oh, let me give a testimony for the Lord. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and sometimes part of Sunday, <laughs> their test, I mean, their walk don't match up. With the talk. So that's why it says the word of their testimony. And then did not love their lives so much. Simply saying. When they were going to be killed. When they were going to be beaten. When they were going to be punished for being a believer. They still said yes to Jesus. They still said yes to Jesus. And there we see that Satan becomes extra dangerous. His time is limited. I mean, we got law enforcement folks in here. We got folks that just know common sense. Worst criminal in the world is a worst person in the world to deal with is somebody who has nothing to lose, right? Nothing to lose. He has nothing to lose, and he's going to do all. He's to, he's tossed out of heaven. He knew that was a no, no gainer anyway. But earth, he's been in control for how many years? It's time to do what he can do. And so there he comes, boy, in all his fury. And there the, the war moves from the heaven to earth. And there the first attack, verse 13. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. And the woman was given the two wings of a great eagle so that she might flee to the place prepared for her in the desert where she would be taken care of for a time, times and half a time out of the serpent's reach. So we see that pursued, that she was pursued. That means she was persecuted. Not that she could be gotten to. 
I mean, she is protected by the wings of God. But what happens is she's, she's being pursued. She's being ch- chased. I can just see Satan. Where is she? Where is she? I gotta get to her. I gotta get to her. And so there, she was pursued. And then two wings of a great eagle symbolizes first strength. Strength. We find that in Isaiah. It also symbolizes speed. And then we see protection. But there she is protected by these wings of God, uh, of a great eagle, but that is God's protection. So that she might fly to a place prepared for her in the desert. And they're prepared for her. We don't know where it's at. Some have said it's this apart and some say this part. Folks, if we knew where it was, it wouldn't be revelation, would it? Uh, most say it's a mountain area there in Israel. But it's unknown to us, but it's also unknown to Satan. That's the main thing. He can't figure it out. But then supernaturally fed. Maybe a better way to say that, supernaturally provided for. Because think, you got to eat, you got to have water, they got to have place. I mean, this is... All, but don't you realize this? God always has a place prepared for you when you have needs. If you ever get to a point, oh, God can't take care of this. God can't provide this. God will. You just got to trust Him. You're going through your times being chased by Satan, aren't you? Y'all going through your times of persecution, right? And now, if, if God will take care of this, He will take care of you and what you're going through right now. And so please be reminded of that. He's going to take care of you. That taken care of for a time, times, and half a time, that means the second half of the tribulation. But strangely enough, though that same wording, isn't that a strange wording? It can be found in Daniel, the seventh chapter, verse 25. <coughs> it's, it's a terminology, that second half. And then the second attack, the second attack, verse 15. And then from his mouth, the serpent spew water from a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon has spewed out of his mouth. So we see here that, um, I better read, no, right place there. Two Old Testament concepts concerning floods. Sometimes it meant a trouble in general. Any of y'all get flooded with problems? We use that word flooded. Flat tire on the car, insurance is there to be paid. Got a doctor's visit. You got supposed to cancel because you got to make up to another. I mean, just boom, everything. So that's kind of that kind of trouble in general. But also another reference in the Old Testament in evading, destroying armies or army. But here's the thing about it: what happens? Verse 16, but the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon has spooned out of its mouth. I want you to ask, ask you, who told Moses to get to the sea there and just, what was he to do? What happened to water? Has God taken care of other situations? Here comes a flood of problems. You trust What's that song? Trust and obey. For there's no other way. Trust in the Lord and He will... If the earth come up... Now, some think that could be earthquakes because uh, the Lord did use a lot of earthquakes in, in Revelation. 
But you know what? It does. It can be. It can be water just packed. I mean, dry, dry land when they just went right across there walking. I, I loved. I loved. Heard the sound of that water being held back by God. Anyway, uh, and there we see the third attack, verse seventeen. And then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring and those who obeyed God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. He got ticked, didn't he? He got mad. The rest of her offspring uh, just include all believers. Uh, some say it's the 144,000 preachers, witnesses. Some say it's the believing Gentile uh, tribulation saints. But just go ahead and say all those who claim the name of Jesus. He couldn't get to the woman who had this child. So he's going after everybody else. You remember, his time is limited. He's on the run. And then all who hold the, to the testimony of Jesus. It's wonderful to know this is the persecuted believers. But also are those who are obedient to the Scriptures. Those who obey God's commandments. See, that's, that's the key right there. And those who obey God's commandments. Now, how many of you judge yourself, man, I've had a good day. I've been able to keep seven of the ten commandments. And y'all say, I've had a good day? Now, tell me the three that you did not obey. Are we scared? What about, what about if we kept nine of the Ten Commandments? Folks, here's what we need to learn. What's going to protect us? Who's going to provide for us? Who's going to, who's going to look after us when we're being persecuted? Jesus Christ. So why not, why not obey God's commandments and then hold to the testimony of Jesus. That's all we need. That's all we need. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You that Your precious Word that we know is so true, we are claiming it today like it's already happened. We want to be like John as he, he wrote this book. He already saw it happening. And Lord, we just thank You that You provide for us. And Lord, thank You for believers, those who love You and trust You, that now we believe that the rapture church will be taken up, and that's us, that we don't have to go through this. But Lord, it teaches us even this day and this time before the rapture church, You're going to take care of us. You're going to provide for us. And that daily battle we've got against Satan, there's already victory. Lord, I pray for each heart. For we're all human in here. We've got our temptations. We've got our, uh, maybe a few of those commandments we kind of slip a little bit on. The day, Lord, we want to confess our sins. We want to trust in You. And then we want to live a life that is truly obedient to the commandments. And we want to bring a testimony to our neighbors, to our friends, even to our enemy that may be out there that we are a witness for You. Lord, guide us we go from this place. Bless each heart, each situation, for we all stand in need. But Lord, we thank You for Your love. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen.